the Denver Nuggets are able to come away with the victory in Detroit. But at what cost? Michael Malone gets tossed. Nikola Jokic gets tossed. But KCP, Reggie Jackson, and Christian Brown are able to still carry them the victory. How does Jokic keep getting in these situations the last couple of days? And what does this mean for the next several games? We're going to talk about that and more here at Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, y'all. Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper, your team every day. And we're here to talk about your Denver Nuggets sitting at 10-4 and four with a victory over the Detroit Pistons yesterday in one of the most interesting games of the season so far, given the particularities that existed last night. Make sure y'all are liking, sharing, and subscribing to the channel as we're continuing to grow from here and the Locked On Nuggets community is continuing to get bigger and better every single day. Y'all, that was very interesting what happened last night. So if you didn't get a chance to watch the game, if it's a, you know, it's a it's a it's a Monday in November and you might have something else that you needed to tap into. So you wanted to join us here at Locked On like to talk about how the Denver Nuggets won the game. And you know what you probably saw the final score. 107 to 103, you said, oh, the Denver Nuggets must have played really good defense. I wonder, I wonder how Joker must have played. I wonder how Malone, what what kind of execution defensive scheme might you have seen yesterday, but you didn't get to see not none of that. So yesterday, the game starts off extremely chippy for the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets start off the game, a little bit of an up and down rut. You could tell the energy was there at times. It wasn't at times. But basically what happened was, started the game, Jokic is talking to a referee while the Detroit Pistons are shooting a free throw. And they're debating and deliberating about a call that was missed and or wasn't made. And Joker, throughout the entire free throw for the Detroit Pistons, he's talking to the referee, seems to be going fairly smooth. But there's a little bit of body language. There's nothing crazy. Joker then gets the ball to put it into play as he's running up the court, says something to the referee. Technical, 15, Denver. All right, cool. At that point, we're like, all right, this is a little bit of a carryover from the night before versus the Cleveland Cavaliers when he got two offensive fouls and back-to-back possessions in the third quarter. And so you're like, all right, got out of the system. We should be good. Few minutes later, Michael Malone, Julian Strother goes to dive at a ball that was on the ground, and in this instance, happens to run into a Detroit Pistons player, and then instead of calling the foul on the Pistons player, calls the foul on Julian Strother, even though he came up with possession of the ball. Woo! Foul. Rookie. Detroit or different Nuggets. So Detroit didn't get the ball, and they're coming down. And the funny thing is you're watching the Detroit angle. They're literally showing you the camera view, like the NBA 2K view, and the players are going down the court, and you can watch them shoot the baskets and everything else. So you get the view of Detroit going down instead of possession. Michael Malone is on the left side of the camera arguing with the referee. The referee mid-play, technical, Malone, coach Denver. Malone then full 
full of some of that New York tenacity, walks over to the referee, gives him a piece of his mind, and next thing you know, second technical, Malone, he's out of here. Hits the showers. So Malone gets ejected. And so when this happens, I think a lot of people are like, all right, it's Detroit, it's a Monday, it's November. The Nuggets don't need to be like A1 locked in here, and the team seems to be dragging a little bit. So Malone looks like he's trying to inspire his team, and he was also defending his players that he felt like weren't getting refereed correctly because there had been several leading events up to this point. Malone goes out. So now you're like, all right, the team's going rally. But here we go. Jokic, similar to the Cleveland Cavaliers when he's getting held by Jared Allen or Tristan Thompson. Now you got Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Stewart, they're guarding him. And they've been pushing at him, pushing him in his back. Jokic then gets the ball. He's on the right post. As he gets the ball, Bagley gives him a little shove in the back as to get him further away from the basket. Jokic then basically just lets the ball drop and just like looking at the referee like, are you going to call this or not? Jokic gets the ball and then ends up losing it a little bit. He lets the ball dribble out while simultaneously complaining to the referee. He then gets a double team on him. Jokic grabs the ball tries to get a foul call by taking his arms up, gets hit on both arms, lets go of the ball. The ball then somehow manages not to get caught by a player, goes through the legs of Marvin Bagley, goes out of bounds. Next thing you know, Joker is just standing at the referee. What's up? Are we not going to call any fouls today? Joker says something to the ref. I don't know if the ref says something back to him. Joker then moves towards the referee in an aggressive 6'11", Serbian manner, and the ref just said, I had enough. Called a second technical in the first half, and Joker has 15 minutes of gameplay, 9 of 5, 9, 5, and 5 from the field. Joker gets ejected. Now, the good thing about this is that the announcers for the Detroit Pistons, one of them was so incensed by the incident, he he blatantly says, live on air, that the Detroit Pistons crowd did not come to watch the referees, whatever their names might be, the three referees. He did not come to watch these these referees play this game or to dominate the game. But they had been in complete control of the game so far to start out because they just could not get the emotions in check in a way that didn't result in technicals. Just quite simple. They weren't doing their job good enough, and then the players and coaches felt a way about it. Instead of de-escalating what was happening, they just started calling technicals. And so what was frustrating about it on this end is that, yeah, I want to also clarify this. I said this last night in my post-game show that, yeah, Jokic should not have approached the referee. Obviously, you don't do that. You don't want to see players doing it because it's, it's just a part of it. Like, it's just an etiquette thing. You know, like the referees are not going to be good. The NBA doesn't want you to do that, and they're going to find you, and then they're going to throw you out of games. It is what it is. Obviously, shouldn't have done it. but. Here's the thing. Superstars do this all the time. All the time. Giannis got thrown out of a game this year for dunking and then celebrating in the most casual way possible by looking at the player he dunked on for like half a second, moved on when it's like he gets thrown out of a game. And then this time, Jokic is debating a call very spiritedly, but this is the thing I said on Twitter yesterday. I have seen players do this. I've seen Jordan do this, LeBron, Kobe, 
Duncan, I've seen a bunch of players do this. And they don't get thrown out of games. They got hand gestures, all kind of stuff. In this league today, I put up a clip of Draymond Green on my, my Twitter, Swiper Cam. And you can see Draymond Green. He is very, very furiously waving his arms up in the air, contesting the call, putting his arms out, walking up to the ref, and then goes back to the free throw line, and then is still talking to the referees, and then nothing happens. No technical, no nothing. So my whole thing is, like, there has to be some consistency here. That if you're going to then penalize Joker, the best player in the world for doing something that's this much of what other players are doing in the league, it's just there's no consistency. And so that's why a lot of people feel the refing has just not been good. Now, again, we're going to get to it in the second segment that you absolutely want to congratulate the players for being able to step up and get the job done. But on the other end of this, I think a lot of this is frustrating because of Nuggets. They're obviously in a little bit of a rut. They had lost two straight games. They had lost like four straight away games. You just don't have the continuity and the consistency that you're looking for. So therefore, people are feeling away for sure. I think the players are a little bit tired. They obviously have been seven games, I think, straight without Jamal Murray. And so that's affecting the morale of the team a little bit. And again, you're on the road a lot. They got the magic coming up on Wednesday. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons why the team has not looked as good as they could. But I think the thing is is that they just need to continue to be in a place mentally to be ready for what's going to come. That you're going to have opportunities, going to have opportunities where you're going to be in tumultuous situations. You're going to have referees that are disagreeing with you. And again, if this was a, you know, an important January, December game, February game, probably doesn't happen. If this is a playoff game, definitely doesn't happen. It's just not worth it. But also the refereeing is not going to be this bad, I don't think in some of these playoff games in really crucial situations. So obviously don't want to see the Nuggets responding this way. Hopefully they put it behind them. But again, that was a very, very interesting way the game went and they were still able to get a win. So we're going to talk about the Nuggets that did help carry them to a win. We're going to talk about the great things that they did. We're going to talk about the way that these players were able to elevate their game, stepping up their role to different spots because of no Murray and no Nikola Jokic. But we're going to talk about that when we come back here. On Locked On Nuggets. So, I don't know about y'all, but fantasy has been really interesting so far this year. Uh, I had Joe Burrow in a game this past week. I had Mark Andrews in a game this past week. I had Cooper Cup in a game this past week. And I got Jamar Chase. So this has just been a big mess that's been happening. Now, the great thing that you love about prospects is that even they even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prospect is the only daily fantasy sports platform with Injury insurance policies. So, y'all, make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup up to $100. So, y'all, we're back here with segment two here at Locked On Nuggets, and we got to talk about the Denver Nuggets that did play last night and I 
it's just it's incredible to me, man, that the Nuggets, man, they just got a lot of dogs on their team. They got a lot of players that like to respond well to adverse situations. And we got to shout out Reggie Jackson, KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon, every single one of them. They stepped up to ensure that the Nuggets and David Adelman, who had to fill in for Michael Malone, they stepped up to make sure the Denver Nuggets were going to be able to thrive and overcome the adversity last night. Yesterday, Contavious Caldwell Pope had 20 points, three rebounds, and three assists, and was 8 of 17 from the field, 2 of 5 from three, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, one block, two steals, and he was a plus three in a game that they won by four. So what I love, what I love is that we're in a situation now where the Nuggets have so many players on their roster that in any given game can have these really good stretches that can play tremendous amounts of defense, that can be quality shot makers, and that can give you some really, really quality play as well. And so the thing is, is that the Nuggets are in a situation, obviously, because they don't have Jamal Murray, where KCP, AG, and MPJ, they're already having to do more because they don't have these players. But KCP was incredible yesterday. He got another defensive player in a game chain last night. He is leading the team in those, uh, accumulating those kind of awards after games. And his ability, man, to like, he's really good at getting to the rim. He's really good at getting to his mid-range spot. And his defense yesterday, and again, Cade Cunningham's a good player. He really is. Cade Cunningham is a good player. And he was still able to play quality defense versus a player that's clearly bigger than him. Cade Cunningham yesterday had 27 points, nine assists, two rebounds. He was seven of 17 from the field. Uh, and KCP was able to play good defense versus uh, Jaden Ivey, versus uh, Asur Thompson, and versus even Libert. Isaiah Libert, who came off the bench and gave some quality minutes yesterday. And then Alex Burks. KCP, man, just really offered a lot of versatility for them. And so when he's on the court, especially next to Christian Brown, they just have so many ways to attack you when you're dribbling the ball and really uh, their ability to space you out after driving and kicking and such as well. Uh, KCP had a really good game yesterday. And again, not to be uh, shortened at all by Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson played 32 minutes yesterday, had 21 points, three rebounds, and six assists, was nine of 15 from the field, one of three from three, and two of three from the free throw line with a block and a steal. And he was also a plus three. Now, the great thing about this is, is that KCP and Reggie Jackson both played for the Detroit Pistons at one point in time. So it was cool to watch them get an opportunity to play versus their former team and to put up these kind of performances where they had to carry, especially the offensive load. Uh, because Aaron Gordon struggled on the inside yesterday. I think Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley, plus the fact that he was just a little bit fatigued after the, night, the second night of a back-to-back. You know, they were able really to just get up there and to really step up the offensive opportunity because they just had to. And Reggie Jackson, man, there were really a last few game, last few segments of the game yesterday. Reggie Jackson was able to get into really good two-man game with Aaron Gordon where they were got quality finishes and quality looks at the rim. And what I love about Reggie, Reggie is really good about navigating that screen that once he gets around the screen, he really keeps you in a trail technique to where you can't get around. And so that way when you're trying to get back to the side or in front of him, he's able to navigate it kind of like a little NASCAR driver to keep you from getting in front. And then he's able to get that little floater shot from right at that six to seven foot area. And he's really good at executing those kinds of looks. And so when Reggie and KGP are on the court together, they offer some dynamicism because KGP is actually a better ball handler than people give him credit for. And yesterday, especially man, like they got down 
five or six points at times. But they were able to buckle up enough on the defensive end to get these stops. That way they could get back in the game. So uh, shout out to Reddy Jackson and KCP yesterday. Aaron Gordon had a really good all-around game. He had 11 points in 37 minutes, nine rebounds and seven assists, four of 11 from the field, three of four from the free throw line, had a steal. Now he was a minus two. Some of that was because of that first half stuff that they were in the middle of. Um, some of those minutes, obviously, when they uh, when they came back in, uh, when they were down a little bit, they had they were down one, and the league kind of started cascading a little bit. But his ability to be a secondary playmaker in an offense can't be understated. He led the team in assists yesterday with nine. He was second on the team in rebounds, and then he also finished fourth in scoring or fifth in scoring. So what this really does, man, Aaron Gordon is just such an important player because he really truly is like a jack-of-all-trades kind of player. Now, when he gets in heavy isolation situation, Aaron Gordon is not a player you're super comfortable with in terms of executing and getting the ball where it needs to be and even dribbling at times because sometimes he can do a little bit too much. Now, he only had two turnovers yesterday. And again, the fact he had a seven assist was almost two-to-one assist to turnover ratio. But Again, he is able to get to a spot. He's able to navigate the pick and roll really well. And then when it comes to like when he gets off the pick and roll screen and rolling to the basket, he's such a threat. He's such a threat being able to finish at that rim and even to make another secondary pass to the corners or even if Jokic is rolling to the basket to give the ball back to Joker for one of those little floater things. So uh, he also played really good defense as well yesterday. Uh, so again, from among the starters, Everybody that except Joker, man, because, um, you know, Joker didn't get a chance to play in the second half. Uh, they all had an opportunity to help the Nuggets win that game. They all did. Now, Mike, Michael Porter played 38 minutes, most of the starters, 14 points, 11 rebounds and two assists. He was only five of 15 from the field. He was four, nine from three yesterday. So he's shooting a lot better from three as of late. He did have a block. He had a really important block on Isaiah Stewart yesterday uh, that helped them to put the game away. Now, he was a minus one yesterday. again. Some of these, uh, yeah, some of these uh, attempts that he had, you know, these pull-up threes that he missed, then he had a couple twos. He tried a, uh, a, um, a, a short Thompson at the rim yesterday and didn't go well. You know, some of that burst that you'd love to see Porter have because of that back surgery that he had, they're just, it's just not there consistently. So uh didn't allow him for to get a lot of lift. Uh, but Porter, man, he had some really good stretches yesterday. The defense wasn't great to start, but he was finished better in the second half. And then made some really important three-pointers for them yesterday. And, again, four nights and three is nothing to slouch at. And, again, usually he's really good from two as well. Didn't make his two-point shots. Uh, and then Christian Brown, y'all. A little bit of a resurgence for Christian Brown on the season. 32 minutes, 15 points, six rebounds, two assists, five of ten from field from the field, two of two from three, one block, one steal, game high plus 21. Christian Brown came in in the first half. Did not let up, kept the pressure up defensively and offensively, 5 of 10, 50% from the field. And again, he is just, I think, finding his finding his stride a little bit in terms of his confidence, especially given the fact that how he started the year off, we couldn't make anything. And again, I want to say last three games, I think two games ago, three games ago, three or five from three, I think it was. So he's finding his stroke a little bit. And you know what? The great thing I love from him is that he's just pulling a shot up now. He's not really worried about anything else, which is really encouraging to see. Zeke Nagy had seven points and one rebound. He was a plus two yesterday. Peyton Watson, four points, one rebound, and two assists. And he was also a plus five off the bench. 
Jalen Pickett had two, two, and one yesterday. He was a plus one. Uh, the only star, the only bench player that wasn't in the positive plus minus was Julian Schrother. 15 minutes, 4.2 rebounds, two assists, one of five from the field, O oh, of three from three. He was a minus eight, had some really short attempts as well. Overall, the Denver Nuggets did what they were supposed to do. They shot 46% from the field, 39% from three on 11 to 28. Uh, they shot 16 to 21 for 76% from the free throw line. Detroit was 24-26 for 92%. Nuggets had 14 turnovers. They had 30 assists, 43 rebounds, and 11 offensive rebounds tied one for one with the, with, uh, the Detroit Pistons. They had eight blocks and seven steals and only 17 personal fouls. So a really good win for them. Given that you didn't have Jokic, didn't have Murray, didn't have Michael Malone, that's a good win. That's a solid win. Uh, but, y'all, we got to talk about the Denver Nuggets' upcoming schedule. What's next? for the Denver Nuggets as they are trying to keep, maybe put another win streak together versus the Magic and versus the Rockets. We'll talk about that and more on the other side. So y'all, right now, FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get it on the action. Y'all, your Denver Broncos take on the Cleveland Browns this upcoming weekend, and they just won versus the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football. And so if you want to join in on the action and you want to see, hey, maybe the Broncos can continue to ride this this, this four-game winning streak that they're on versus the Cleveland Browns, might be a good bet. Russell Wilson, been playing pretty well. Cortland Sutton, been a touchdown guarantee like the last five games or so. So the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. So, y'all, we are back here with segment three of Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. So glad to have you with us again today for our final segment. Uh, y'all. The Nuggets have an interesting part of their schedule coming up. They play versus the Orlando Magic, who are sitting at 8-5 and five on the year. Uh, they have the Houston Rockets, who have lost three straight games. Um, they're going to be ready to play. This game is going to be in Houston. Uh, and then they have the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday as well. Really, really interesting games that are coming up. Now, I'll say this. The Nuggets have kind of found a uh, little bits of some interesting lineup variations. Uh, they've been playing Julian Strother, Christian Brown, uh, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., playing those lineups uh, with Nikola Jokic. And one of my favorite ones that they do is the Christian Brown, KCP, MPJ, Aaron Gordon lineup because you have a six foot five, six foot six, six foot eight, and six foot ten players next to Nikola Jokic that offers a lot of length and switchability. So basically, you're switching everybody outside of Joker. And then when you do play at the level, you have two really good defenders that can navigate the screens really well. And then you have Porter and then you have Aaron Gordon, both really big bodies that are able to supplement some of the defensive stuff that you're looking for. And especially, y'all, versus a team like the Orlando Magic down, they're not going to have Wendell Carter Jr., who's one of the better defenders in the NBA versus Nikola Jokic. But they are going to have Mo Wagner, Paolo Banchero, Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz is going to be out. Uh, they're going to have Jalen Suggs. They have a good team, and the Magic play like a young team that believes in itself, believes in its identity, and they believe in the level of basketball that they're able to execute together. And so I think this is going to be a really fun matchup to watch for 
your Denver Nuggets because I think there's going to be a lot on the line because the Nuggets, it's not that this game is going to mean a lot from a season-long perspective, but I think given the fact that you've lost three of your last four games, I believe, and on top of that, you've been lacking some confidence from some of your players outside of players like Joker um, the last several games, and you just want to see them put it together uh, for a couple games here in a row. And the Magic, you know, they're going to run out of lineup uh, with, like, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paulo Banchero, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Jonathan Isaac, who's really good defensively, Joe Ingles, Gary Harris, Anthony Black as well. Again, these are the kind of lineups, man, that because they have so much size, that the Nuggets have to make sure they're being very responsible with how they're handling a lot of the ball pressure. Now, one of the great things about the Nuggets is that the Nuggets are in a situation where they have so many veterans that understand the moment, and they understand that. Like, you know, we don't want to continue to kind of lag through the rest of this away schedule. We want to make sure we're picking it up by buying into the process, buying into an identity, and buying into the fact we need to be road warriors for a few more games at the very least. So I do expect that the Nuggets are going to play really hard. Uh, I do think that the Magic in Orlando are going to offer some really interesting opportunities. And I actually predicted with Ryan Blackburn on Swiping with Swiper, uh, I predicted that the Nuggets would end up losing the Orlando game, but I thought they would win the Cleveland game. I actually think now it's going to be opposite. I think that the Nuggets have a chance to win this game uh, because I just think right now where the momentum is taking the season, it's just really important for them to really buy in to some of the stuff that they're doing right now. And y'all, uh, right now, the five-man unit for the Denver Nuggets of Reddy Jackson, KCP, Gordon, Jokic, and Porter, if you look at NBA.com for lineup data, they have a 116 offensive rating and a 101.8 defensive rating. That's a plus 14.8 net rating. They've been really good. That lineup had played more minutes than the starters, by the way. That lineup had played 14 games together. It played more minutes than the starters because the starters have only played seven games together. Uh, obviously, since Jamal Murray went down. So that's really good, man. They're a really good defensive team and they're really good offensively when they're all on the floor together. But similarly, if you look at the Orlando Magic, that so the the normal lineup they run is the Fulch, Carter, Wagner, Suggs, Bonchero matchup match. They they have a low offensive rating of 105, but they have a 95 defensive rating as well. Uh great ass buy into what stuff. So what I mean by that is that because the Nuggets are in a situation where they have been losing and now they're on the road. And then on top of that, the way they lost in Cleveland. And then even yesterday, the way that Jokic got thrown out of game, the way that Malone got thrown out of game, you can only really do that but so many times. Because at some point in time, you have to be able to rise to the 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 uh, occasion. And especially when you're on the road and you have an adverse whistle or things aren't quite going your way from a shooting standpoint. Now, every away broadcaster, when they talk about the Denver Nuggets, the first thing they bring up, first two things, the Denver Nuggets are the NBA champions. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world. When they say those two things, the expectation for the team is to play at their best level, to give you the very best that they have. And Detroit yesterday did that. The Pelicans did that. The Cavaliers, 66 points in the first half. The announcers were saying that was the best half they played the basketball. So you can expect that a team as hungry, as good, and as athletic as the Orlando Magic 
they're going to be doing very similar things. And so the Magic, I think, are going to be doing this uh, also similarly how other teams have been doing this. Uh, as Walter said that how many times have Malone gotten himself thrown out? I mean, he's gotten himself thrown out a few times, y'all. Uh, but again, a lot of this is you don't want to do that too much because then it starts to look like you're developing bad habits. So I think Malone is very, just like in the playoff, Malone is very choosy and smart about when he decides to do things like that because you don't want to overdo it. And yesterday, your best player is getting hot. Your best player gets a technical. And to take the attention away from Joker, let's get a technical here. Similar to the Chicago Bulls game from years ago when Wendell Carter played for the Chicago. And, you know, Jokic was getting just abused. And Malone ran over to uh, the referees and then tried to get the technical on him instead of on Joker. And so that stuff kind of happens sometimes. I do think, though, that this game versus Orlando is going to be really good because Orlando is a very aggressive team, a very aggressive team in the NBA. And I think because Bonchero, man, he's a good player. Bonchero is a good player. Franz is a good player. And they like to get to the basket and attack the rim. And so the Nuggets, especially, their defense around the rim has actually been pretty good for most part, to start this season off. So they're going to make, they make sure they need to continue to lock into that. Uh, if you look at some of the defensive attention, ooh, Nugget net rating is dropping, by the way, y'all. Goodness gracious. They dropped a third on dunks and threes and adjusted net rating on the year. Uh, the Nuggets have the seventh best rim percentage allowed defense in the NBA. And so that's something that you're really going to need to make sure you're focusing on. Uh, because of offensive efficiency, the Magic are, yeah, they only get to the rim in terms of efficiency. Uh, they are 17th in rim efficiency, but they're number one in the NBA in terms of percentage of their shots around the rim. So they don't, they don't finish at the same level that they shoot at the rim, but that means that, again, that's something you have to be aware of. They're going to try to drive the basketball and create contact. And that's on purpose. That's a part of their game plan. So it's really important that the different Nuggets are able to respond to that really well, y'all. But, uh, y'all, tomorrow, I think you're going to have – I think you might have Adam and Matt again uh, for the Wednesday episode. And then Matt's going to be with you on Thanksgiving. And then I will be back with y'all on Friday, I believe. I don't know. I got to make sure we got to read the schedule. But you'll have, I believe, uh, Adam and Matt or maybe myself coming up on Wednesday. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But, y'all, make sure y'all like, share, and subscribe to the channel. The Lockdown community is growing from here, y'all. Y'all know what time it is. I'm your host, Wife, but I will see you on the other side.